0: Operator.
1: <laughs> what year is this song from?
0: Hello, Operator.
1: Probably like a one is my guess.
0: It is kind of the perfect end of earnings song, though,
1: right? I feel like earnings is never going to end. I mean, we got WME and Roblox next week. Peloton. Earnings never stops anymore. It's like a earnings continuous is, earnings,
0: earnings is over. Operator
1: um, It's a lot of earnings
0: It's actually Mark that has to talk to the operator every time now. Uh, Oh man Should, I, sh- sh- should we get, get this started? Pump it up yeah. a little more for a second mm. Welcome everybody to the 68th episode of the Light Shed Podcast I'm Brandon Ross, along with partner Rich and partner Walt. And um, what's going on, guys, on this beautiful hot, steamy August the 13th? It's very hot here. How's the weather in Florida, Rich? Yeah. <laughs> Rich is Rich is heading into the eye of the storm, so to speak. That's, in, both, in multiple that's both. Yeah, I was gonna say that's both literal.
2: Is it? <laughs> Is it the hurricane that's coming? A D hurricane? Are they up to the letter D? It would have been pretty interesting if they named the. No, I thought it was Delta Fred. Hurricane. Is it oh, is Fre- it Fred? I don't know. What is it, Rich? What
1: hurricane is it? I don't know the name. All I know is I have to be in Florida for college move-in on Monday, so we're flying down Sunday. Okay. Not like there's a COVID scare in you're Florida not, or, look, or first anything. First of all, you're not. You're not flying down Sunday. We are flying down Sunday, Sunday morning. How are,
0: you, how are you going to fly down Sunday morning when Miami is going to be ravaged by a because hurricane? To DeSantis. Uh,
2: Florida <sighs> is open
0: know. for business.
2: They don't stop for anything, Brandon.
0: Richers, you got, this got is Richers, by the way, let's set the context here, right? This is Rich's first college move in. Michaela, his daughter, is attending the University of Miami starting Monday. How do you feel about it, Rich?
1: Um, I'm more worried about getting there than anything else because I get this travel alert notification, which I think is actually kind of funny when it says, when severe weather or other uncontrollable events impact your flight and travel date, you may be able to change your trip with no change fee. But aren't all flights changeable right now because of COVID? Like, isn't there no, like there's no change policy? I think you can change on anything. Frontier,
2: how their change is going? Rich um, is Michaela going to be rushing a sorority because my TikTok <laughs> has been flooded with uh, Alabama sorority rush videos. Um, Thankfully, I don't laughing. think.
1: I I don't think you can rush immediately. I think it's only second semester. I think she is planning on rushing, although who knows a lot could change over six months. But the funny thing is in Florida, I guess because it's Florida, you can't actually have sorority houses. You can only have fraternity houses. Why? There's like an old Florida rule, like, you know, the blue laws of Florida. That X number of women, I don't know the, the number, but X number of women t- living together makes it a brothel. And so it's illegal to have that many women living um, under the same roof. So Florida, there's no sorority Florida actually.
0: is so progressive. Rand, <laughs> <laughs> remember like, when a- the
2: market was crashing <laughs> in 2000, you, 2008.
1: Honestly, you can't make this stuff up.
2: When the market was crashing in 2008 and everyone would get they would ring the bell in the morning and everyone would be like clapping.
1: Yeah. No, but I'm,
0: I'm disappointed, Rich, that, uh, that Michaela won't be in a sorority. So when you come down, she could be like Delta, Delta, Delta. Can I help you? Help you? Help you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Florida. <laughs> Welcome
1: to Florida. <laughs> the, the, the the new variant is here for you.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh. this Delta thing has, I'm convinced she's gonna
1: get it. it. I'm convinced within the first month of school she's getting COVID. Like there's just I'm convinced
0: we're all gonna get it. You know, if we, you know, for those who haven't had it yet, the three of us have not that we're aware of. Who knows anymore? Um, But I don't know, like screwing up a lot of plans. My uh, my wedding planning is uh, taking a little bit of a uh,
1: wait. You're still getting married, the, uh, yeah? With I'm other st- people
0: uh, coming. I'm getting, I'm getting married on September 18th. What do you mean by other people? Because you're meaning like people are attending. This isn't a private the, ceremony. The,
1: the, the is this is no, a Zoom wedding. Nose, is this a Zoom
0: wedding? <laughs> the nose are starting to really pile up. No, and no. Like, I just thought this we're was converting to a time, Zoom wedding. We're we're spending a lot of time. Um, how do I put this? preparing ways to keep everybody safe um the
1: the cost of the wedding is coming down rapidly i assume
0: oh yes that's that's the that's the bonus i was so worried about the cost now all of a sudden it's like every person i'm like yeah did i really want you there anyway (laughs)
1: let
0: me do a little cost benefit analysis was your presence worth like a thousand bucks a person no not you you two are worth it, though.
1: Uh, I'll be there. I may be in my N95 mask by that point. But well, I'll be there. that's
0: right. So I, as you guys know, I went. I um. I finally saw fish. Got to get them into every podcast. Where did,
1: where did you see fish, by the way? Where was this?
0: In Hershey Park. <laughs> oh really?
1: Oh my God, that's hilarious! Wait, in the actual theme park? Um, yeah, they have
2: a great scene. there. They, I saw yeah. GNR
1: there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's I mean, it's, it's like nice an amphitheater. It's like an yeah. outdoor amphitheater.
0: No, it. it's like um, it's like kind of a small s- stadium, not even like college, like high school. No, no. Almost. But what I meant
1: is it's it's an outdoor thing. It's not inside. Yeah, the venue. No,
0: it was outdoors. But I okay. wore I wore an N95 mask anyway. Do we
1: have a picture of that? Um, well, this my background today thing?
0: is is from fish tour. God, I so would this love is, to see you with that the, duck mask
1: at a fish is, tour.
0: Oh, of me? Oh, yeah, dude. I was, I was nervous because I actually, I know people who um, went to the shows in the South in Nashville, Atlanta, whatever, and they had breakthrough cases. So some of the people, not everyone, obviously. So I got a little paranoid and I put the N95 on and uh, for the first five minutes, I was like, shit, this is uncomfortable. Then I just got used to it. Of course, everyone was looking at me because I was the only asshole walking around with like an N95.
1: Were there anybody else masked, or you were like the only person at the concert? No, there, masked?
0: no, there were there were definitely other people masked. I mean, uh, the people that I was with were all masked. In now everyone masked. was vaxxed
1: for this concert.
0: No, they didn't require va- the vax or negative tests or anything, which is why I was pretty paranoid. Happily. Um, <clears throat> yesterday which was their you know off day they decided that at the end of the tour and for fall tour um they're going to require vax um which i'm very very happy about because it's a little bit nerve-wracking it's especially for me i'm like getting married in like six weeks and i want to be able to taste the food at my wedding since i'm paying for it right (laughs) <laughs> you, did you, t- did did you, you tour you, the
2: chocolate factory
1: when you
0: were? Would you year? like the prime rib or the salmon?
1: <laughs> but they'll taste the same to you by that point. So.
0: Exactly. <laughs> we're not having either of those, but I just figured I'd. Uh.
1: Okay, let let let's so stay the, on this topic and go to the first slide because it all relates. The, so the
0: salmon.
1: <laughs> so Brandon, why don't you read the right side and then we'll get into the left side in a minute.
0: What is this, like, reading Hebrew? We're reading right to left now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God, I'm having trouble focusing. Started,
0: Go ahead. Starting with Billboard on the, <laughs> on the top right. AEG Presents announced today that it will be requiring proof of vaccination for entry into its owned and operated clubs, theaters, and festivals. So, like, everything... They own okay. Variety Live Nation shares vaccination best practices for concerts with artist teams, and so that was a letter just to like you know go into a little more detail. Um, Rapino sent a letter highly last week, highly encouraging um, all the artists that are that are touring under the Live Nation promotion um, to require um uh either vax or negative test they've built the infrastructure for it um within live nation and Ticketmaster. so um i don't know i mean having gone is it, through is this it weird knowing, is it weird that both companies are taking different who, approaches who, who broke through it. um yeah i mean i would like it i guess um if live nation went that way i don't know exactly you know what the um issues are in it i i don't know if they could even require it for third-party venues but at least in their own venues um hopefully they get that way but we'll, well part of the issue out. i think we're, is gonna, also- we're gonna actually have rapino on light shed live soon so we could talk through all the issues sur- um, surrounding this
1: but I think um, part of it's unions too. Like Disney can't require it for yeah, their union I, I, workers I, I, in again, Florida. I
0: have no, I have no idea what the issue is. I do know that AEG is going that way, um, and I'm hopeful that Live Nation can figure out a way to do it. Lollapalooza, they did it. I know, I Bonnaroo, they're doing it. You know, other upcoming. But again, just knowing people who have had breakthroughs from concerts and being a little paranoid myself, I I hope that's the direction things go.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're getting more to more vaccinations to do. I mean, I think San Francisco is basically you have to be double vaxxed to basically do anything indoors shortly. It sounds like New York is going to one vaccination. But what I thought was interesting, you know, we've seen United go to vaccinations. The other airlines not. But then Disney, this came in from Carly Weisel. Um, she tweeted out the other day. Did you know that Disneyland Paris requires a vaccination slash negative test or recent antibodies to enter has social distancing and still requires masks, even if outdoors, uh, which is interesting because obviously Disney world is, you know, Disney reported actually yesterday, theme park numbers are roaring back. I mean, you know, they're talking about sort of sold, whatever capacity limits they're setting, they're selling out to capacity, you know, and filling it up every single day, but there's obviously no vax, no test, uh, no mask requirement other than indoors. And obviously are, the entire they, staff is not vaxed. Or not required to be vaccinated, I should say.
0: Would DeSantis shut down Disney World if they required anything like that? You know, well, why are they there's...
2: requiring that? It's it's to me like if you're vaccinated, why you have to wear a mask outdoors? No, 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 let alone no, 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 indoors.
0: No, 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 no. That's what it
1: like, said it, in fr- no, no, France. I know what it said. It's Definitely either or. No, 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 In France, I know he did not. He doesn't. Oh, listen. Oh, and
0: still requires that. Oh, okay,
2: yeah.
1: So yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, if
2: DeSantis did lay a, lay a, lay some rule down, what's wrong about that? It's kind of crazy that you're fucking requiring people to wear a mask outdoors when they're vaccinated. Like, do you believe in science or not?
0: Well, think- here's the issue, right? Okay, let's hear it. Well, like we we
1: talk about my friend Brandon was Brandon was out. Hold on, Brandon was group- outdoors at a concert. He wore a mask outside, but he's vaccinated.
2: So they get hospitalized? No. Okay. No. So.
0: No, it was more like flip.
2: Okay, so and like that's but, my point, but
0: how about just the the former requirement on there, not the mask, but for everybody to either be vaxed or present a negative test. I'm not doing what ifs, I'm yeah. doing with what was presented. Okay. You're on what is presented, and, I, and agree I, I agree with you. I agree with you on right. that. But what about the just like, the Okay, former? I can get the flu.
2: Yeah, look, I I think most of this because I can get the flu.
1: I think most of this is simply because kids can't be vaccinated yet. And I think that's mostly why they're doing this. Okay, is like my building actually in New York, even if you're double vaxxed, they're now requiring all indoor spaces. And it literally said because children under 12 can't be vaccinated. So that's sort of the, the way they're sort of defaulting is until kids can be vaxxed. They're going to be ultra cautious, and I realize that's indoor, not oh, outdoor. Are there kids Walt, but in it,
2: college classrooms where everyone's vaccinated, including the teachers. Are there any no. unvaccinated people? Miami in, is in a, actually okay, but and other schools where it's required and everyone's required. <laughs> like, so where's the logic there? Uh, well, I mean, schools are requiring masks. Any indoor space, exactly. That's masks. my question. Like, but schools yeah. are also requiring vaccinations. So, they're requiring uh, vaccinations and masks when everyone's vaccinated.
1: Well, but you can't be vaccinated under 12. So, that's the issue.
2: But there's no 12 year olds in a college class. Correct. Okay. So, that's what I'm, you keep like, well, no, but like, this but, is but, always but listen, the argument about this stuff. I, Everyone, I like, they provide another example. That is not the example I provided. I said a college classroom where everyone's vaccinated, including the teachers. They're also requiring masks. Why? Well,
1: Miami Miami can't do that, though. So Miami can't. I'm not talking can't. about Miami. Right. Again, Here, I know. I hear your point is. Guys, guys, guys,
0: guys, one second. But this is the classic argument. Everyone
2: baits and switches. That's not what I'm talking about. What about the college classroom? Delta, delta, delta.
1: delta. Can everyone you? Vaccinated help you, help
0: you?
2: <laughs> and they're still requiring masks. Why?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I okay. don't know. We're going to move on. Why? Um, right. Why are we moving on? Because we could yeah, we could go in circles for a long time. But the the one of the things that we've been talking about on this but that's podcast, our
0: process. We like to go in circles till we come to conclusion.
2: <laughs> there's no conclusion. It's there's just, no conclusion. Whenever it's this just, debate it comes up, people people provide. Maybe
0: that should be the outro of music. This week. The scenario, Will it go yeah, round in circles?
2: <laughs> I'm talking. People provide the scenario that supports their thesis. And that thesis or that scenario doesn't exist in all situations. It just doesn't.
0: I agree with that, Walt.
1: The virus or the pandemic or the Delta, Delta, Delta to Brandon <coughs> is having an impact on the movie business. We had our first delay. So we you know, we sort of have ended the delays over the last few months. We're now back to movies being delayed. So Sony's Venom, which is part of their ownership in the Marvel world, spin off out of Spider-Man, Venom is being delayed again, only a few week push, but you can already see the studio starting to push out films uh, from September into October. It'll be curious. There's obviously a lot of big films like Bond and Disney's got um, Shang-Chi, I believe, coming out in early September. It'll be interesting to see what the studios do. I mean, box office numbers sort of every day um, are, are, are weakening. As I think sort of demand for theaters um, is falling just because of where we are in the pandemic right now. And I think that's sort of the the challenge that the studios face is what do you do? Do you release? Um, you and know, this was, sort a, of,
0: this was a theme on the Disney call last night.
1: It, right? it was. And, you know, I think a lot of they were getting a lot of pushback from like, why are you, they're going this weekend. So today, actually, I shouldn't even say this weekend, today, Free Guy, which actually comes from the old Fox studio. Ryan Reynolds' film, coming out exclusively in theaters. I think the projections I've seen is that box office this weekend for the film is maybe $15 million. And this remember, this is a hundred million plus cost film with a good amount of marketing. So this movie is going to, you know, this could be, I don't know, $60, $70 million write down pretty quickly by releasing it exclusively in theaters. But the question was, why would you release this exclusively in theaters? Like, You could put it on Hulu, put it on Disney Plus. You could do lots of things. And the answer was, we don't have the flexibility with the production team or the talent to do that.
0: Do you think this comes back to the lawsuit?
1: I think there's something in the contract that says
0: Because you you, you have the whole ScarJo lawsuit, right? Where where she is suing because uh, there was... You know, box office theoretically that was diverted to PVOD, right? True.
1: Yeah, no, no. And look, yeah.
0: do they, is that what they mean by flexibility? Is it not having the flexibility because back is,
1: oh my God. You're, you're basically saying, are they more scared to do things because Mixing of that my mobs, Uh No, no, no. T- t- you, t- you, t- you could be right, Brandon. You could be right. This could be a little nervous to do another switcheroo. Without getting if the contract isn't crystal clear, that could be the issue. But the other thing that came out, which is really interesting, is this next film, Shang-Chi, which is the the next Marvel film, which comes out in September. They also said they can't put that onto to PVOD. They can't put that onto Disney Plus right away. But what they did say is that rather than the old when, when Black Widow came out, it's 90 days before it goes onto Disney Plus for free. It's $30 and then it's free 90 days later. They said mm-hmm. with Shang-Chi even though it's going to be exclusively in theaters for 45 days on day 45 it's free on Disney Plus and so that's sort of the shortest you know window before Disney Plus we've ever seen for a major film release and so it'll just be interesting to see how that impacts Disney Plus with such a short window.
0: You know what? Rich, six
1: weeks.
0: More time to experiment for Disney to see sure. what what goes where. And they have the flexibility and the buy-in to do it because of what's happening in the pandemic. So, you know, they're 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 testing and they're seeing, and and let's right. see what happens.
1: More data points, the more
2: you learn. Yeah, yeah. Of it's going to be very interesting to compare to Black Widow, given how it was out the next day, right? right? So it should, and I think it's a more interesting concept in terms of a new character as opposed to Black Widow no offense to scar but, um, so it'll, you know, 45 days is enough that the true Marvel, um, you know, fan base I think is, will probably turn out in, unless there's Delta issues. But like, again, if, if you follow what people are saying in terms of what happened in UK and India, like we probably should be peaking through most of the country. Very, very soon. Maybe there's one or two States that are, have major issues and we'll see what they look like in a month or two um or a week or two excuse me um but i don't know it could be a big number rich apes are going to be all over you on this one
1: we're going to find out i mean look you've got um if you think about sort Mm of top movie to date you know and you look at a film the two biggest movies year to date are black widow and f9 Black Widow obviously was, you know, day and date, $30 extra on Disney plus F nine was exclusively in theaters for more than the first month Eh, sort of $175 million. And so I I think the bogey on, on Shang-Chi probably in the, you know, can it do $250 million if it can't do that type of box office domestically, it's going to be a real question mark of like, what do you do
2: between 45 days and a day?
0: Yeah, forty-four.
1: Well,
2: <laughs> simple math dictates it is in <laughs> forty-four days. Uh,
1: That's why we have Brandon on the team—is that he is the math expert? Thank so you, thank you. The, Contributing I mean, those, value. <laughs> those skills are at amazing. a
0: third-grade level. Thank you, thank
1: you. <laughs> uh, and, and speaking of forty-five days, I just thought this tweet was amazing. This is from Streamable. Warner Media reaches deal with AMC to stream Warner Brothers films. This is for 2022, quote, exclusively in theaters for 45 days. And so anyone get the punchline there? Yeah, streaming in theaters to stream
0: films exclusively in theaters. (laughs)
1: uh, But what's amazing about that is what they didn't say, because this was, you know, AMC came out and said this on their conference call the other night. What they failed to say is that. It's only for certain films. There is a whole bunch of films that Jason Kylar and the team at Warner Brothers have very clearly said. I think on the last AT and T earnings call, they said at least ten major films are going to be direct to HBO Max or Day and Date or HBO right. Max. So things like the Batman, so the mid,
0: the mid, the mid tier is going to be is direct, Perfect. and the big box office is obviously going to go into this exclusive theatrical window, and yep. that's that.
1: But that's a major change. I mean, the top twenty films is like. I don't know, it's 50% of box office. I mean, yes. It's a big change for sort of like when you think about, I forget about like the recovery, but if you think about like where we are for box office over the next few years, if the mid tier is going direct to HBO Max or direct to Disney Plus or all the, you know, I think uh, is it August 20th, Paw Patrol?
0: Honestly, that's where the industry is going anyway, right? And we've seen this trend. The big blockbusters are the only films that are going to be in the theater, the whole mid tier has gone to streaming anyway. And this is just sort of a continuation of that trend.
1: So Walter was right that I was foaming at the mouth to ask Charlie Ergen the other day about Sinclair. Was literally foaming at the mouth. He did very nicely team me up to ask a question on the Dish call, and this is a tweet from Multi Channel News. Sinclair says Dish Network's carriage deal unlikely affecting 112 stations, uh, Tennis Channel, etc. Now, remember, this sort of all ties into the fact that uh, I think now what two and a half years ago, I can't even remember now, two plus years ago. Dish dropped the RSNs that Sinclair had acquired. These are the old Fox RSNs, regional sports networks that um, Fox sold to Disney and then Disney sold to Sinclair. Dish dropped them, uh, you know, while you know, while we don't know exactly what the negotiations, it was pretty clear from listening to, to Charlie that there is no shot that they are bringing back the RSNs. We've known that forever. I mean, I I, I, I think
0: Sinclair might think that even though I don't think they're supposed to tie together the two negotiations, that they would have some leverage at this point to get the RSNs on in some capacity. Uh, It's not going to be a sweetheart deal because then it's going to bust, you know, all of the MFNs. So it's just not happening.
1: And but I think what it, people also don't matter. I mean, like we were just going through the numbers. I mean, dishes down to even with sling dishes down to like less than 10 million MVPD subscribers. Like it's just crazy. becoming a. Well, it's just becoming a smaller and smaller part of the business. Like it's called I, a runoff, Rich. No, I understand. But like that means you want to maximize free cash flow. You don't want to go out and spend a lot of money on expensive programming that isn't going to add subscribers and where right. you're not focused that, that, on adding subscribers. That
0: being said, it seemed pretty clear that uh, that Charlie will get a deal done on the broadcast stations. I mean, that's uh, at look, least... I, I,
1: I hear you and I heard the same body that's language. That's what I heard. True. The, the question we don't know is the MFN structure. And if you do a deal for just the TV stations doesn't that leave open every single other distributor say, hey, I don't need those RSNs either. Like, why? I don't want to pay for those RSNs either. I don't know. We'll see. I think it's a very interesting negotiation now and could set a very dangerous precedent for these RSNs. Remember, these RSNs are already down to, I think they're projected to do like $300 million of EBITDA down from a billion six 000, 000, in the last two years. So these things are heading towards bankruptcy. It's just a matter of when in our minds. Um, let's move on to T-Mobile and fiber, Walt.
2: So the tweet that Rich is showing is talking about this news item from this week about T-Mobile piloting a fiber optic home residential service in Manhattan. Um, we were able to talk to the company that they're using that's providing the physical fiber, pilot fiber. Um, also, our good friend Dave Schaefer, friend of the podcast, provided some good numbers in terms of the economics of what it costs um, to bring service into a building. Um, this obviously being a potential risk for the dominant broadband providers in America, the cable operators, where you're just seeing more evidence of fiber getting built out by by companies on top of, and that's one end, like there's fiber type customers. And I think they, they grab a, a decent amount of share. I think we've seen some very positive numbers, um, even from Starry. It's not even bringing fiber to a building, um, but also on the wireless side, where Verizon hopes to get to a billion dollars of revenue in home broadband mm-hmm. via wireless by 2023. So, in, in this case, it's just interesting. Um, you know, the economics can work out. Maybe not in every building, because some of these New York City buildings have asbestos, and it's hard to, like, get you know cables to certain apartments and things like that, but, like, Another
0: thing to worry about.
2: So I think the cable guys historically will just be like, well, I can't get a return on capital. First of all, I push back and saying, how's your return on investment in the wireless business right now, where you've got 3 million subs and you're not generating wireless EBITDA. A cable um, executive would say, well, it's lowering our churn. I'm like, okay, how about T-Mobile? They don't have to necessarily make money on a fiber investment if sure. the, the benefit to t-mobile's churn by getting a home broadband customer is going to be much more um significant in terms of a benefit to the existing base than a cable guy adding a wireless customer
1: um i, I, I will way, tell you i just upgraded to altice fiber up in connecticut and my upstream bandwidth which was between 30 and 40 upstream just went on wi-fi to to half a gig, like instantaneously and wired. I'm up to like 980 upstream. And So the experience is night and day. Like if T-Mobile offered me fiber in Manhattan, I would leave Charter in 30 seconds, 30 seconds. So
2: so so one of the arguments that Schaefer made, um, Rich, is like, well, what if Charter went to you? They know that they hear that T-Mobile's punching the hole in the bottom of the building. They're going to offer service and they cut your rates by 50%. Would that matter? Because they can do that on a building yeah. by building basis. My I mean, argument look, would be like, okay, if you're bitching about charter and broadband is is the most important utility that you have, like why should 50% price cut Now
0: that we don't shower,
2: right? why should 50% price cut matter? like if you want to get really good uplink and really good downlink and fibers the best, like why but. wouldn't you be getting the best? not to mention that your cable operator, Has been fucking you for how
1: many years? Uh, Look, I also think, and again, this is nerdy, and maybe people who are listening are going to call me crazy. But I was just running speed tests over the last few days. You know, looking at it, and what 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 shocked me, and I guess it's not shocking; it's obvious. But the ping time is now like instantaneous, like literally, it's like as fast as you can touch the button the like it's just the the quality of the connection is so it's not just the speed it's the quality of the connection is so much better yeah. because what it's are a direct you talking about fiber your f- shot new
2: fiber connection correct it's but just my, incredible my question, so you just ignored the question the no question i'm was, saying it's so much better new new that
1: i can't imagine right. if i was actually offered fiber i don't think the price is the issue first okay. of all the fiber prices are crazy cheap because they're trying to grab market share so i mean my altis bill what I'm paying for Altice fiber is actually less than what I was paying for Altice. For now. Yeah. Oax, for now. But I'm actually YouTube, paying less. YouTube
2: TV was cheaper and then they started adding fiber. To yeah, 10
0: <laughs> right. The reality is if fiber it's a delivers, better experience. Correct. So if, then, if so they so then, a then that's the trade off.
1: They can right? jack up the price and they're still probably yep. going to get you. Yep. Uh, I would think they could then, first of all, your broadband price has been going up every year. I don't even know how much I pay now yeah, for broadband. And I mean, it's
0: again, it's a utility, so you have no choice anyway. You got to just yeah. keep paying.
1: No, I mean, but I even just think like my security cam, like everything is now feeding the amount of things that are feeding upstream, and you know, playing you know, the kids playing games and interactive games, and just more and more uses of bandwidth yeah. in both directions. Like uh,
0: a lot of a lot of what's going up, though, especially. Um, in games, isn't graphically intensive. It, they're just signals that are that are going upstream
2: for that application. But there's obviously yeah. other applications where uplink is important, and as is downlink. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll we'll be keeping tabs on this. It's obviously it, just a trial for T-Mobile. But you know, again, I've talked to Pilot Fiber. They got 150 miles in the, in <clears throat> New York. And this fiber runs everywhere in New York. This is not just Manhattan. You know, like They got fiber in all the boroughs going past a lot of residential buildings. Some are going to be easier. Some conduit's going to be crushed or not available. There's probably going to be under our new mayor. Um, whoever it ends up being, it's going to be clearly a huge upgrade from the existing mayor and perhaps <laughs> provide some um, opportunity Um maybe to change how some of the franchisees work in New York City, which is a very critical market. And that that could be something we see replicated in other markets. Um, and this, by the way, is is aside from the fiber that's occurring in suburban markets as well. This is not just cities. So anyway.
1: Look, I, I just think, Walt, part of this is just cable is companies fiber, in the US is, are just reticent to actually dig up the ground and lay fiber. I mean, Altice is really the only U.S. major cable operator willing to dig up the ground again. Well, first of all, there's and,
2: oh, there are telephone poles or electric utility poles that you can get access to, so it's not about digging up the street in those situations. Well, in New York
0: City, it happens.
2: Well, New York City, but there's okay, but you have conduit going into these buildings, Brandon. It's not about digging up. Yes, there are some conduit that's crushed in a certain percentage of the building, but according to Dave Schaefer. Seventy percent of the buildings in New York City um, have good conduit, right? And usable. Uh, I don't.
1: I don't understand why cables not being more aggressive in fiber. It seems between not just the B2C opportunity, but the larger B2B opportunity. I mean, you're seeing Liberty Global in Europe because do it's it. A, like-
2: because it's a, it's, it's a legacy cable view of like squeeze as much return out of your yeah. capital investment that you've had. Yeah. So do you think these guys are really investing for the next 10 or 20 years? No, they're going to squeeze nah. as much cash as they can until they're forced to invest Because of some of this competitive things that may or may not be happening. But I
1: thought there would never be another big
0: cable CapEx cycle again. But
1: but guys, I think Walt just nailed it. It's no (laughs) different. No, no. But Walt just nailed it. It's no different than Disney and Viacom and all of these companies. They didn't do streaming, right? They could have done streaming a decade ago with Netflix. They milked and milked the cable infrastructure, their old cable business for as long as they could until it was, holy shit, we're going to get disintermediated. We better do streaming like It is just a guy,
0: a guy like Tom Rutledge, right? What does he give a shit? He's not looking at retirement. He's He's looking looking at retirement. Exactly. He just wants to get that stock up as much as possible in the near term. And how do you do that? You explode free cash flow. How do you do that? (laughs) You don't don't start fucking digging up the ground. That's it. This
2: exact conversation with someone at Liberty Global um, who will remain nameless talking about the U.S. market. And they were just like, (laughs) look. Like, what do they fucking care what happens 10 years from now? <laughs> like, if you can maximize your free cash flow now and get your stock price up, that benefits the executive that's in that seat at that
1: moment. Totally agree. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. We've got um, you know, we've been talking a bunch about sort of these, you know, what we think of as the real streaming wars, which is the TV OS. And you know, Google TV, uh, what used to be Android TV has been making noise on and off over the last few years, but has essentially been d- despite, I think, Brandon and myself believing it's by far the best TV OS. Nobody knows about it. Nobody has it. It just really hasn't gone anywhere. Also, um, well, unless marketing.
0: you have a, if you have a Sony television,
1: yeah, um, because there's a lot of those out there. I don't know. I I have Sony. I mean, I'm sure Sony listens to this, so we shouldn't be too mean. Like, I like the Sony televisions. I just, they're yeah. a very premium product. They're not for the masses. Oh. So but for TCL mass television. For the well, mass and state. so that's what makes this. So I'll read this Verge tweet. TCL announces the new six series and five series TVs that come with Google TV instead of Roku. I and mean, we've, been,
0: we've been waiting for this for a very, very long time, right? It's, yes. it's been an ongoing bare thesis. Over the last two or three years on Roku, Uh, a failed
1: bear thesis, a failed failed
0: one, yes, that Google was going to get more aggressive in their especially domestic television partnerships and that the and that the manufacturer that they were going to target was going to be TCL and. I guess, finally, that's happening. Apparently you could go on bestbuy.com and you could grab one of those. It's going to be interesting to see how the consumer chooses now having access to both the Roku and the Google television and whether, because Roku has much more brand equity in this market, whether that drives people to
1: buy that form of TCL. I think there's two things that matter right now. To your point, Brandon, one is: Are there any other retailers, or this is just Best Buy? I mean, so far the only retailer that's really been pushing TCL. Or even, sorry, not I'm. Pushing, I, I mean, they're
0: making them. It's it, this isn't going to be Best Buy only.
1: Come on, it's but it's been, but it's been two and years. We haven't seen it. But okay, no. no, no, yeah, no but that's for pre-order anyway, right? I understand.
0: So, so I'm just let's saying. see what happens when they're actually available.
1: I agree. You know? And but by then, the but way, the other- when do when do TVs fly still? Holiday, understand holiday. I get it. And then the other thing is, Google is a very big market. Google's a
0: very Super Bowl, the Super Bowl Shuffle.
1: Google's a big TV advertiser, as we know. They sponsor things like Super Bowl pregame show. They sponsor the NBA Finals and World Series. You see the you know YouTube TVs and things like that. Like Google has no problem with marketing on TV and in many places. We've never really haven't marketed this. no, at all. You know whatever.
0: Google doesn't do a lot of marketing. They happen to market YouTube TV. Okay, do they decide that this is strategic enough that now that they have this more mass market relationship that they lean into pushing? Um, TV? I'm gonna say
2: no, and I've been on the wrong side of this anti Roku thing. Um... You know, for a while, thinking that same thing with Apple, like that Apple had this opportunity during the last um, phone cycle to partner with AT and T and others to give you free Apple TVs. um I think, like, and we deal with this on the venture side as well, where you're always worried what a company like Google is going to come do and, and squash the small company. Not that Roku is small, but you know, the challenge. reality is that you know what Google's got a great ad business on search, but some of this other shit, like they're just not. You know, they don't have the same impact that I think people fear that they're going to have on the market, and I've certainly been the b- biggest guilty one of that in this in this scenario. Them and Apple both.
1: No, I look. I think that is sort of. I think that's why Roku stock continues to do so well. Is that I think its big fans take that exact view of like, oh yeah, they could get killed, but you know what? They don't it, no different than Amazon and Netflix, right like you could have never owned that Netflix because you were worried about Amazon killing them right if, even back to the DVD days, people were worried about Amazon killing them and like you know Spotify's done great even with apple music like it's very hard for these big companies to win quote unquote win um in these I, w- I guess the best word is ancillary businesses, which is sort of your point of percent like, they'll and have like, an impact, but they won't win.
2: Right. Are they going to wake up one day and say, like, okay, now we're going to go after this business? Like, if they haven't done it up to this point, where, where's the evidence that that's happened in any other of these areas that they've gone into? They went, they went, you know, really strong into Google Fiber and then they was kind of like, eh. Like, and that's what they do. They just go, you know, we had a fun trip a to Kansas City Wall. Yeah. They have a big announcement. Everyone's like, oh my God, Google. And then it's like, eh. And then like, it quietly gets killed. How's Brandon? Project Five doing, Google?
1: Uh AEW
0: Brandon. Am I reading? Okay. Yeah. We're sticking on this theme. We've be- we've kind of beat this, you know, to a pulp already. But uh Brandon Thurston, who seems to be our, go- our go-to WWE tweetmaster, um comes with Dynamite, which is AEW's weekly show. Wednesday was six percent away from Raw last night in 18 to 49. MNF last year took 7% off of Raw's number. So that's Monday Night Football. It seems pretty likely early weeks with Punk and Bryan are going to result in Dynamite outdoing Raw in 18 to 49.
1: That would be pretty crazy, right? Like that's a pretty crazy prediction. What I don't actually
0: it's not a crazy prediction because it's I'm something sorry. that if, I think if you
1: didn't know, but I'm saying if you didn't even know anything without like- Monday night football,
0: I think that it's I think it's possible. Okay. Um, which is yeah, pretty nuts when you take a step back that AEW is just a couple of years old, spends a lot less on their roster, has not even a fraction of the brand equity that um, that WWE has. So what and would you do if you
1: were Vince? If you were sitting in Vince's shoes, what do you do? I probably take some risks. Right? Talent-wise.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. It's interesting because they got rid of, you know, like two or three of the top 10 wrestlers on their roster in the last what is it three or four weeks um i i don't i don't necessarily get it maybe that's the beginning of the sh- of, of sort of the a purge
1: be- before you hire some new yeah. well
0: the, yeah the purge before they really shake things up um i don't know but look it's still a few years away on these television deals and AEW right now is getting like 40 million and, you know, for their two hour slot, um, for the two hour SmackDown show, WWE's getting more than five times that. So what's up?
1: sounds like I'd like to be an AEW investor right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that tells me. Okay. Uh, let's move on to uh, a little, um, we're going to tell us that. Well, so Telusat um, is
2: a Canadian satellite provider. They're actually provide services to our friends Dish for video. That's a horrible legacy business, um, but they are getting money from Spectrum and now borrowed some money from the government. So this is a big part of the story here, which is that they're going to put up a Leo constellation. That's um, very purpose driven towards the enterprise segment. So there was some question because the whole ability to monetize their Canadian C-band spectrum, which by the way, the numbers that Canada paid for that same spectrum that was sold in the US for those big numbers, you know, the stuff that Verizon paid $54 billion for, similarly very high in Canada. Unfortunately, at the moment, Telesat wasn't really able to fully monetize that. There could be an opportunity down the road. But when the Canadian government kind of screwed them, they said, look, even though we're not going to let you get a shit ton of money up front. For this spectrum we're going to help you finance this leo constellation so kind of like a funding secured type of thing like elon type of thing i mean this is obviously a pretty uh, important development um for yet another leo constellation at a time when a lot of their competitors who previously had shit on leos are now kind of talking up like hey we're gonna add a leo layer to our geo satellites and maybe adding different Layers to the connectivity opportunities that are out there in the satellite world. The way how fast to play this, could
1: something like this, how fast like something could this actually like in a, a couple fun. of years? You just don't couple fire years. up some satellites. You got to
2: schedule with Elon and build the satellites and get these laser links set up. But um, I'm sorry, you were going to say
1: implications? Well, for the, the way, way to play?
2: play this, the next event is um, you buy Loral and Loral is kind of the back door into owning this thing, which is not, you can't really own now. And I think. They're probably set to merge these two things together and Loral, by owning Loral today, you can own Telesat stock tomorrow and a piece of this um, Leo future. Remember um, Elon, SpaceX, Starlink, which is a Leo constellation is a massive driver of valuation. You, obviously, you can't invest in that in the public markets yet, um, but people have assigned very high valuations to Starlink. A different target There's market. There's a different but,
0: <laughs> SPV every day. <laughs> <laughs> marking the valuation there
2: <laughs> exactly. There's lots of different satellite SPVs, uh, SPACs, or whatever that are coming SPACs, out, or SPVs, SPVs. Yes. whatever. They keep marking that that up. So TelSats is just another way to kind of play this area. So
0: interesting. I feel like everyone who interviews with LightJet Ventures is like, yeah, I'm involved in an in. Um, <laughs> A SpaceX SVB. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> like how many of these things are going around?
1: It's like every employee's like dumping. Remember before dumping, Facebook came Come on, space <laughs> is space is expensive.
2: Before Facebook went public, there was a ton of that shit going around too. Where, I know. And, I'm know. kidding.
1: Brandon, well, let's go to sports betting. You want to read both of these or start with the first one at least?
0: This is, this is a lot of text. You um, can skim it. Okay. Okay. For, uh, the, the first, first one from from front office sports applications were due Monday for companies looking to take advantage of legal mobile sports betting in New York next year with a really cool emoticon. Um, some world renowned brands are looking to get in on the market estimated to bring 500 million plus dollars in annual state revenue. Okay. This is what I found to be the most interesting about the applications. There's a super group application that has DraftKings plus FanDuel plus BetMGM plus Bally's in it. It's pretty much the top of the market strategically, despite being massive competitors in all regards, decided to gang up and get together um, on the bid for some kind of exclusivity in this market. I think that New York State is probably forced to go with them just because of the marketing and execution power. Um,
1: I Air hey Brandon, I got it up on the screen for you, so you can take a oh, look. Do you want do you so want to you you read off who
0: the bidders are?
1: I mean look there's this Hillside which is Bet365 it's Camby which is actually tied to Penn and Fanatics yeah Betfair which is sort of Bally's Bet MGM and DraftKings all together TSG which is Foxbet another Camby uh, which is tied to this is the sort of the super one I think you were talking about this is everything from Points bet to Rush Street Interactive, Resorts, Caesars. I mean, there's a whole bunch in here. And then interestingly, the sixth no, one. No, no,
0: The Super One is that third one because Betfair is FanDuel. Right. Right. So you have FanDuel and DraftKings and Bet MTM MGM. and Bellies. Bell. Which, which ties in obviously, you know, the RSNs, not the RSNs in New York yet. But my guess is that this, you know, situation right here would probably wind up being where there's some kind of MGM, MGM, And, you <laughs> and,
1: no, and number six, you got the score, which Penn is buying. Who knows whether they win? I'm just, yeah, those are the
0: I, best. I was, I was going to say, I, I think it's, you know, Pretty obvious what's what's going to happen there
1: now. But then the the other part of this was the second tweet that you have on here, which is DraftKings is buying Golden Nugget Nuggets Online Gaming to get at a database of five million plus gamblers. Which I guess the more we've sort of dug into the 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 score slash barstool slash pen um, combination that we were talking about on the podcast last week the more it sounds like it's sort of a way of getting at hardcore gamblers, which is, it looks like the same thing that we're talking about here with DraftKings. Right. Like, how do you find, how do you source hardcore betters rather than just the people that have been maybe playing fantasy um, in the past?
0: Yeah. And this goes back to kind of what's going on in pen Penn Barstool land, where there is a, you know, dedicated funnel of betters that, you know, well, there's a dedicated funnel of listeners and watchers, consumers of barstool content, but they're not necessarily betting or betting with pen. So they need to expand the kind of owned customer list, which is one of the reasons. There's obviously other reasons um, for the score. And now you're seeing it, Again on this golden nugget deal, so it's just setting up. We talked about this um, in the past. Like, what does this industry look like eventually? And it's going to be an oligopoly. <laughs> and like these pieces are coming together um, for that to for that to happen through consolidation and the continued um, and the big
1: winner just to clear the of, big
0: the... of media alliances.
1: And the big winner, just to be clear, cause I listened to their conference call the other night, the big winner is going to be Fubo. Uh-huh. Who's also dumping stock onto the market today to stay alive so that they can try to compete in sports betting. They're trying to sell another $500 million of stock, but I digress. Um, let's move on to. A lot lower
0: than the last time they tried to sell stock.
1: They keep selling lower and lower and trying to jam more and more stock into the market. Um, uh, it was always nice that the person that said great quarter, guys, uh, to open up the conference call in Q&A is the same investment bank that got given the mandate to sell stock today. So I always like how that works. Um, uh, the, stre- the streamable uh, has name, a tweet. You can name the bank, Rich. It's okay.
2: We've, we've, we can say calling. Needham.
0: Needham. We're calling uh, it. Yes, and who's Needham. the analyst, Rich?
1: Laura is Martin. Great okay. Laura Martin said great quarter. It's fine. And, and says it every to- uh, says it every quarter. Every quarter. Great quarter.
0: My favorite Um, Laura Martin was when she was interviewing Gandler um at her conference. Oh God, this is amazing. Is is like talking and is like talking about sports betting. And she had just written, you know, some whole thesis on why Fubo was gonna, you know, was so valuable because of sports betting, and then said to Gandler, I don't know anything about sports betting, so I defer to you on it. It was amazing.
1: (laughs) It was literally amazing. Uh, So this sort of brings our worlds together again, Walt. So we've got the streamable with the uh, tweet AMC plus, which is the ad free version of AMC. It's basically a way to get the AMC channel directly um, without a cable bundle. AMC plus partners with Verizon to give new customers 12 months free ahead of the Walking Dead season premiere. To me, this is just interesting because you've already, you know, have Verizon giving away the Disney triple play to, you know, to a bunch of customers or a bunch of subscribers to the to their family plans uh, or unlimited family plans. Then they're giving away a year of Discovery Plus, which I think will start to end sort of, you know, in early 2022. And now you've got them adding on AMC Plus as well. It's a lot of content that they're giving to subscribers Actually, they're making it easier and easier not to take a video subscription because they're giving you so much content to subscribe to everything else Verizon. It's just interesting the way they're building their own sort of over-the-top bundle for subscribers. I felt like when
2: we did the Lightshed Live with Frank Wilbon, who does these deals for Verizon, that they were going to hit certain categories and not overload the category. So that's interesting on that front. But my impression here was like Verizon must be doing pretty well by their content partners because they're delivering low-churn subscribers. So, I mean, we don't know the economics there, right? What is AMC paying in terms of that thing? So, Verizon, maybe in this case, and I don't know this from having talked to Verizon, but maybe in this case, Verizon's getting some payments from AMC that's also going to kind of flow through into their service revenue. And AMC is getting some customer acquisition. And, you know, at a low churn, higher quality type of customer.
1: Look, another piece of this is the Wall Street game. We know, you know, if you look at Discovery, Discovery is getting paid. You know, I think a normal Discovery plus ad free sub is $7.99. They're probably getting less than half of that from Verizon for those subscribers. But. The ARPU is not what Wall Street's judging anyone on right now. It's all about subs. We saw how do we, know they're getting last night. Anything?
2: how do we know they're getting anything from Verizon?
1: Conversations make it sound like they're getting okay. substantially less than full value. Is that half? Is it a quarter? I don't honestly know. You could be right. But, but I definitely you, think they're if getting something.
2: all you something. care about is putting up sub numbers subs. to impress an investor base, then theoretically, you don't Look. have to
0: charge anything. <laughs> Look... I mean, I I don't disagree. That is an easy way to get a lot of subs. So, yeah, the marginal cost per subscriber, right, isn't very high. You would have had a market, there's CAC associated with acquiring new subscribers. So, the fact that they're getting paid half or whatever it may be is still probably a pretty smart deal for sure um, for discovery, especially being more. As a streaming service in unknown quantity,
1: right? But like Disney's giving, I mean, forty-four million of Disney's hundred and sixty oh, well, subs. I know are coming out of oh, well, they are coming out of Hotstar where they're getting less than that's all. A, that's per a whole different month.
0: situation. No, no, no. But I'm like just saying. But but
1: but but my point is larger. Of like, I think this is a, a sort of a this is a problem across the entire media industry right now. Of everyone's looking at subs, no one's looking at ARPU, no yeah. one's looking at revenue no one's looking at profitability. It's just subs, 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 and there's no underlying context. And so it, it begets horrible behavior among the companies sure. to drive the sub numbers. I mean, discovery. You know, of-
0: if, if you look at what's going on with HBO and HBO, as we know, has been outperforming, they're actually going the other way in disentangling themselves from the Amazon deal. And now they're going to have a situation where I don't know how many subs they have on Amazon, four or five million, whatever it may be. Those are no longer subscribers. They're actually taking the pain in the near term, right?
1: You're actually going to get a cancellation.
0: Yes, you're going to be canceled out of Amazon and they're going to have to go and reactivate, reacquire those subscribers so it's a very interesting um tact that hbo is taking to kind
1: of but i think it's hbo betting on their programming no they are If you haven't seen white lotus i'm two episodes into white lotus i'm addicted i have no idea where the show is going but i'm totally addicted i'm doing the other three this it was it was
0: we had funny conversation earlier where rich is like i love white lotus i have no idea what's going on
1: but i love it none (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea. I literally have no idea. But I, but I do think this is HBO, which, you know, they're by far the fastest growing. I mean, Disney's not growing in the U.S. Netflix isn't growing in the U.S. The only company growing subs is HBO. They're doing it because they have great programming. Oh, they're going to have a movie. little
0: step back this quarter. but
1: Well, they will. But the movie strategy is working. They have a lot of movies continuing to come, yep. you know, pushing out more and more movies day and date. All of this actually helps mitigate the risk because yes, you're going to get a disconnect notice from Amazon. You're going to have to go find HBO max and sign up, but the programming is what they're betting on. I just think that really is a testament to the HBO strategy of like great programming, get a direct relationship. Don't use third parties, build that business directly. This is is what
0: I, what I heard though, Rich, Yep. I heard that as soon as the Discovery deal closes, they're getting no, no. back on Amazon and doing a no, deal. No, <laughs> stop.
2: Come on. So Suicide Squad was a pretty popular <laughs> content that came yeah. out. And I think when that was launched, though, I don't think you saw, correct me if I'm wrong, but HBO Max um, app, um, where, where it ranked in the app rankings, like rise during that period, like we've seen with past content releases. I mean, you could argue that, Maybe Suicide Squad might be even better content than Wonder Woman, and I think it was. It was early on, and a lot of those people signed up. So I think the incremental impact to subs with every new content um, launch might, you know, might not be that great because I don't recall seeing a lot of headlines about how HBO Max had moved up in the downloads. Um, we should upon- take a look at that. I
1: haven't done the look at that, but we should look at wh- what happened over the course of that sort of period. It's a good exercise for us to do. Stay tuned for a tweet later. I think what I saw. Stay tuned
2: for a tweet. (laughs) I think what I saw was from the stuff online, which I didn't do myself. Was the highest it got was eight in the rankings.
1: We will look. It's not a perfect, you know. Using iOS is not perfect.
2: No,
1: no, no. I'm just saying the real thing to look at is sort of what's happening. Um, Unless it's number it, one, and then everyone's tweeting about it, then it's the mm,
2: absolute de- determinator of like how great things are.
1: I'm talking about things that are not great, could we talk about Blizzard? I mean, here we go again. I mean, this is like a <laughs> this this feels like a slow moving, maybe not even slow moving. This seems like an accelerating train wreck.
0: Yeah, I mean, now we keep talking about what needs to happen at Activision Blizzard. They need to finally get these front line releases out. And now, in addition to Jay Allen, who is running Blizzard, the game director for Diablo 4 and the lead game designer are both out.
1: Uh, uh, On to the next slide. Uh, <laughs> we've got real quick. We've got Reddit raising a seven hundred million dollars Series F. Nothing surprising here. We knew when Drew Valero went over to Reddit. He used to be at Snapchat uh, in the early days of Snapchat being public. So no surprise, um, raising a big round, valuation up over ten billion. Yeah, I uh, mean the,
0: the IPO is coming fast. Mo- this mobile advertising is, this is the final ex- round.
1: Look, mobile advertising is exploding. Targeting is getting better everybody is looking for more ways i mean dollars are leaving the tv ecosystem this makes tons of sense of why advertisers want to be part of reddit and i think the real thing is just sort of the product roadmap and sort of how the product evolves and how they sort of build in um, you know more make, making it easier for consumers cuz i still think reddit is still a little web you know 1.0 let alone 2.0 in terms of right. just ease of use and so I think that's something we're going to be watching and spending a lot of time on, and sort of how that product evolves over the course of the next, you know, couple of years. I mean, they didn't even have a mobile app a few years ago. Remember that, Brandon? Like, I mean, they've come a long way over these few years, but still, I still think yeah, there's I a mean, lot to
0: do. Look, Reddit needs to make Reddit a destination in and of itself. Number yep.
1: one, um, rather than someplace you get to by Google searching.
0: That's that's right. Um, And, and number two, you know, really make brands feel comfortable that they are, you know, being associated with the right content on Reddit because there's, you know, there's a lot of content on Reddit.
1: More to come. We're going to be spending a lot of time on Reddit. They keep it simple, stupid on Reddit. I know you guys were looking forward to my um, 3D Bitmoji. That's not um, you. It is. That is that. That's my Bitmoji. It Doesn't look that, that like is, you at all. I mean, look. You can redesign it, but that's the best I could do. I mean, uh, you know it. It doesn't. It doesn't look old enough. That's the problem. But it's just very hard just to get facial even, age.
0: It looks like Bill Gates. It's yeah, the I'm worst Bitmoji to... I've ever seen. <laughs> literally, you're ever, horrible. Ever. Ever. It looks it nothing is. like you.
1: Well, I don't. You, you can nothing. redesign it. Oh, okay, fine. But the reason I bring this up is that Snap is putting so much effort into this sort of virtual world. They just, the information's got a story. Snap just hired Facebook AR executive Joe Darko for its own AR development relations, demonstrating how the two companies aren't just competing for the same consumers, they're also competing for the same developers. And we've seen Snap do a ton of acquisitions in AR, a ton of acquisitions in commerce. They clearly are focusing on the map. Brandon's been talking about how sort of this is step one, could be step one into sort of a metaverse with location and concerts and media. And I just think if you look at sort of what 3D Bitmoji now looks like, and you're starting to see them on everyone's Snap profile, that's what mine looks like on my profile. I know you don't think it looks like me. That's fine. Um, You're more than welcome to redesign it. But the point is Snap is moving quickly in this direction. And I I don't think while Facebook says they're a metaverse company now, I actually think that there's so much more to what Snap has done in is showing that actually makes Snap more likely to be successful in the Facebook short term. Facebook
0: is always kind of playing from behind these days.
1: I know, I'm just saying, I think Snap is actually, they're not talking about it, but I think Snap is actually doing it. It feels like Snap is like perfectly positioned to take advantage of yeah. this in We've a very we talked about way. this
0: so many times, obviously in mixed reality to start with, yeah, with,
1: right? But now you're seeing them Put not just make acquisitions, but, want on things. <laughs> but hiring Facebook executives or senior talent from Facebook is interesting from from a snap perspective. Yeah,
0: senior talent seems to like to leave Facebook anyway.
1: So our fa- <laughs> oh, that was mean. Oh, man. Brutal. OK, um, final topic of the week. What else would we want to end off, which is um, a Josh Cosman story, um, which doesn't really seem like a story at all, which is. Uh, and um, Alex Steigrad actually tweeted it, but n- new from me and Josh Cosman Viacom CBS is waiting for other suitors, meaning they don't sources. have any sources. Yeah. Sources scoop, um, which is sort of funny because we've been talking about the fact that there's no obvious buyers for Viacom and CBS. Well, that's not why it's funny. Why is it funny?
0: Because it's Josh Cosman. <laughs> <laughs> scoop.
1: I, I hear you. I I, like, I I just think the the part of this is just like Viacom CBS being for sale. I mean, first of all, no, n- no shit, right? Like everybody in this media space is for sale. The, the spaces needs to consolidate. Everyone is facing stronger and stronger headwinds, but there needs to be an obvious dance partner. And right now with you, with you Warren,
0: think Sherry's ready to go there?
1: No, not right now. I think you you wouldn't sell. I mean, this reminds me of when Warner Brothers, remember when Rupert tried to buy Time Warner yes. and they said, nope, we don't want to do it until we have more bidders yes. in the marketplace. And so they waited two years effectively for AT&T to be ready. I feel like that's sort of what we're at right now. Like there aren't obvious multiple to bidders in the marketplace. Sucker, really? Well, I mean, that worked <laughs> out pretty well for for Bukes. I mean, you know, Jeff uh, walked away with, I think, $400 yeah. million. So, I mean- and you know,
0: AT&T walked away with a net
1: loss. <laughs> better for AT&T to recognize the need to oh, get out totally. than to keep waiting yeah, yeah. and waiting and waiting. Fell, like they fast. Waited. Fell fast. Correct. I mean, look look at DirecTV. They waited so long to punt DirecTV. At least on Warner, they're realizing it needs to be a separate company sooner than later. I, I mean, I actually give them credit for, for recognizing it far sooner under Stanky than waiting another two or three years to be in a worse position. But I just think the Viacom story is funny because there's like just no obvious, like I just don't see like who could be the buyer of of Viacom CBS. And I don't think Shari wants to break the company apart because a Comcast bid requires breaking the company apart and she worked so hard to put it together. They're not going to go separate. I think they're going to spend the next 18 months trying to be as successful as they can in streaming trying to do as much as they can, and then they'll reevaluate in 23 and beyond. That's my gut. Fair enough. Any big plans for the weekend, Brandon? What do you think my plans are, Rich? Um, or wedding, wedding planning? planning? That's part of it. You know
2: what the over-under is for the New England Patriots for, for this season? Nine and a half. Now, granted... What about the gotta, Giants? You got to pay 160 6 probably.
0: Don't You're forget Patriots. Seven, I know. I think it's a six-win season. Seven. We nine. have
1: an I extra game that. this year, though, right? I understand yeah. that.
2: Look through their games. Nine and a half. You have to pay one sixty on it. So, like, that they're trying to move the book, but like nine and a half for the Patriots this season. Football's back, Rich. Preseason. I last know. Night. I'm so
1: freaking excited. Walt, like,
2: we have Kez, Quez, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Quez, I mean,
1: I'm a little scared for the Giants' Watkins. season. I'm not. I do not have high hopes for the Giants' season. No. But I mean, the, 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 the Giants. Are, is the this
0: is this the year Daniel Jones breaks
1: out? Oh, and, and Brandon, why was, Giants, why was the Giants? Why was the Giants Miami game moved back to New York? They relocated the game.
0: I didn't even see that.
2: Over yeah. and under on the Giants is seven and a half. Seven and a half. Cowboys are nine and a half. That's probably about right. Giants have the secret
0: weapon this year, Jason Garrett. Oh On that note. OK, so this this week's outro music is music that Rich has been begging for.
1: Because I love this song. It didn't,
0: it didn't quite make the intro. It is a great wedding song. I'm making sure it's on the list of songs. Awesome. Um, I, maybe it's like one of the only songs I'm actually going to want to hear at this wedding. I don't even know most of the songs on that, that I have to choose from. Which it's like mostly like early 2010s.
1: I thought it was all fish. 40. Isn't no, there like there, a fish hour? There's no fish hour?
0: No, we have like... Apparently, for a wedding, it's important to engage as many guests as possible and wanting to dance. So I was banned from having. I going to get on the TeleSec call. Just, all just right, play the music and play the music.
2: Intro. I mean, holy cow. Have a great weekend, music, everyone. Intro.